original independent radio station. It's gross blunder to theorize before one has data. At Data Chart, we analyze our politicians are indulgent when it comes to dealing with crime. We interrogate. We need to increase the strength of the police. But right now, there are about 370,000 according to them. And uh, how do they cover Nigeria? We interpret. And the trafficking in persons law has said that you cannot use any child that is below 12 in any home as a domestic help. We help decision makers and you understand the numbers. 78% of citizens agree or strongly agree that the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes. Join the data chart conversation every Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Ray Power FM 100.5 Abuja. For inquiries and advert placement, call 0906-420-5487. Data Charts, powered by NOI Polls Limited. Electricity is vital for all countries as it plays a role in economic growth, progress, development, as well as poverty eradication and security of any nation. Hello Nigeria, hello Abuja, a good evening to you. Welcome to Data Chat. Data Chat is a production of NY Post Limited and I am Basi Patricia Atim, Communications Officer for NOI Post. According to the 2020 World Bank Doing Business Report, Nigeria ranks 171 out of 190 countries in getting electricity and its access is seen as one of the major constraints for the private sector. The lack of reliable power is a substantial constraint for citizens and businesses resulting in annual economic losses which has been estimated to about 10.1 trillion naira that's in naira and it's equivalent to about 2% of GDP. On today's data chat edition, we will be talking about electricity distribution in Nigeria with focus on the challenges and interventions. And while we are talking about challenges and interventions, we are looking at infrastructural constraints, end user tariff and pricing, as well as metering and the challenges associated with um, metering. So with me in the studio, I have two gentlemen to, you know, join me in unbundling findings from the survey um, we are we'll be looking at NY Post um, electricity poll report that was conducted in May 2023 and findings from the poll showed that 57% of Nigerians you know electricity co um, customers are metered we have 94% of adult nigerians who stated they are connected to the national grid and we have six percent of adult nigerians who say they are not connected to the national grid i mean quite a number of people might say oh six percent is you know a small number but why do we still have six percent of people not connected to the national grid these and many more are parts of you know the discourse for this um evening so I'll, before I introduce my guest, um, for live social media updates, you can search for us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search for at NOI polls. The data chat is available as a podcast on Anchor FM. Just search for data chat. Also, recording of the data chat conversation is available on YouTube. 
still search for NOI polls and for you know to read more on all our posts and our survey findings just visit our website www.noi-polls.com so like i had said i have two you know gentlemen in the studio to you know help me unbundle the survey findings um so my far right i have the chief executive officer energy support group in the person of dr kalu ukoha it's a pleasure to have you this evening sir thank you very much okay i also have with me on my far left um chin, chin, mr chinedu Oyebula. he is a power sector specialist good evening it's nice to have you good evening my pleasure okay so and um, before we delve quick into the conversation let me just you know ask very quickly how is the power situation in your locality okay well maybe i can start and uh, i'll start first since um i'm within um the AIT repower stations to express my sincere and heartfelt, heartfelt um, condolences to the AIT family on the passing of their chairman. Um, um, he was a strong force in the media industry and um, we mourn um, his demise. Well, power has been somewhat unstable in my area for the past um, few weeks. Um, in some days we've gotten up to 20 hours um, of power a day and on some days we've gotten much less than that um, so um, yeah okay dr Kalu, high power supply in your environment your immediate environment thank you um i share the same uh, sentiment with uh, chinedu about uh, the passing of the the chairman um I stay in Abuja, and uh, um, comparatively speaking, you you would understand that uh, power availability it's a lot uh, better in w what you call the Abuja municipality um, when you compare it to other states around the federation. So Abuja relatively enjoys a lot more availability. So I would say that uh, uh, some of us who live here. Um, are enjoying a lot more power than it is. So, but when you zoom out to the entire country, um, the situation is is more dire. And uh, and then if you try to put this in context with even the last two years or the last five years, you find that we've really not had a lot of movements. We just we just fluctuate back and forth within the same range, um, give or take 500 megawatts. So, the last 10 years we've We've, we're still below 4,000 out, just around 4,000 megawatts. So um, the improvements that people like us have is not a function of the increase in, in generation. It's just uh, taking from Peter to give poor. I okay. mean, some people are not having power wire, some people are having, okay. and you rotate it the next time. So we're not really seeing that improvement in, in the quantum of generation that we are getting so okay so before we pick up on that let's just have um, a quick run through you know for those who are listening just for them to have you know a background of what we are talking about and a little a bit of summary of you know the electricity poll findings so um we have chidi akubwe he's the head of polling services ny post limited he would you know be running through um highlights from the survey findings over to you chidi Thank you very much, Patricia. NOI polls conducted an opinion poll to fill the pulse of Nigerian, especially electric consumers regarding electricity 
uh, were asked a series of questions regarding uh, their electricity consumption, the number of cumulative hours of power supply they, they receive in a day, and of course how much they pay in a month. The first question we asked them, is your household connected to the national grid? Interestingly, 94% claimed that their household connected to the national grid and this cuts across gender, geopolitical zone and age group. The next question we had asked them, do you have an electricity meter in your house? 57% acknowledge that they have electricity meter in the household, while 43% stated that they do not have electricity meter in their household. So out of the 14% who said that they do not have electricity meter, we ask them how then do they pay for electricity bills since they don't have a meter in their house, in the electricity meter in their house. 62% of that proportion, that 62% of 43%, indicated that they pay through estimated billing or direct billing. While 21% of that proportion say that they use generator, 14% indicated that they use solar power, while 3% claim that they do not use any form of power supply in their house. Furthermore, we wanted to have a feel of the amount they pay for electricity bill per month. So we had asked them, how much do you spend on electricity consumption in your household in a month? Interestingly, the results revealed that a, a higher proportion of the respondents, 44%, indicated that they pay between 1,000 naira and 5,000 naira monthly. And respondents from the northwest and southwest had largest number of respondents who indicated this. Why 52% stated this in the northwest, 49% mentioned this in the southwest. This is followed by respondents who say they pay between 6,000 naira and 10,000 naira monthly as electricity bill. 7% stated that they pay 11,000 11, to 15,000 naira monthly. 4% said 16,000 to 20,000, Y2% mentioned 21,000 to 25,000. Then those who paid 26,000 and above were 4%. We did not just stop at that. We also asked them, in your opinion, is the amount you spend on electricity bill in a month commensurate with your consumption? Unfortunately, the majority of the respondents, 69% indicated that it is not commensurate, that the bill that they pay is not commensurate. In other words, that they pay higher than what they are expected to pay. Only 18% claimed that the electricity consumption is commensurate to the bill that they pay in a month. We went further to ask the respondents, on the average, how many hours of cumulative power supply do you have in a day? A larger proportion of the respondents, 68%, have between 1 hour and 9 hours power supply daily. 15% 10 hours to 15 hours daily. 4% 15 hours to 20 hours daily. Another 4% 20 hours to 23 hours daily. While 1% indicated 24 hours. There are 3% who said that they received less than 1 hour power supply in a day, while 5% say that they do not have light at 
all. However, they have electricity wires connected to their household, but they do not have um, electricity at all. The last question we asked respondent was, in your opinion, would you be willing to pay more for electricity to get 24 hours of power supply? 67% said yes, that they are willing to pay more to get more supply of electricity in their household. 23% said no, while 10% were not certain whether they should pay more for 24 hours electricity or not. And we had 10% who said don't know. So these were the questions that were asked to the respondents. And I think stakeholders in the electricity sectors should synergize and develop the electricity sector. Remember that 67% of the respondents indicated that they are willing to pay more to have 24 hours of power supply in their household. I think this should be a take home for stakeholders in the electricity sector to ensure that consumers at least have 24 hours power supply. This will automatically boost people's economy and then sustain as small and medium industries. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you for that, um, Chidi. So um, let, let me start with you, Dr. Kalu. Um, generation is the first step in stages of delivering electricity to consumers. And over the years, Nigeria's power grid has collapsed quite, you know, a number of times, with the most recent in April 2022, if I'm not, you know. So, I mean, it collapsed from 33 megawatts after it had earlier posted a peak generation of 3,002 81 megawatts. Can this be attributed to infrastructural deficit? Um, yes and, and no. I mean, the the grid, um, as we know it over time, has been very unstable because of the uh, integrity and which you can rightly point towards uh, infrastructure. Um, a lot of our infrastructure uh, they are obsolete and uh, most times are not adequate enough to uh, carry the kind of loads that we're expecting. I mean, you could just liken it to a normal generator at home that when you put on your generator and you put on a lot of load on the other side, you would trip the generator. That's basically what system collapse is. And so there are lots of reasons why the generator can trip. Um, either the load is too much and you're not balancing it, uh, you're not reducing the load or increasing the supply, or things like very common things like vegetation and all that that are tripping the, the transmission lines. But by and large, it is um, lack of investments in the infrastructure all the way through the value chain from, uh, from the fuel through, trans through generation, transmission, and all the way to, uh, to distribution. So um, it's and electricity is such a very delicate uh, um, product that it has to work from end to end. Once there's any break in any of the value chain, you're not going to have uh, power at the end of the day. So, um, specifically, infrastructure decay and uh, uh, inadequacies is one of the major reasons why we have the constant uh, um, system collapses never minding the very poor level of generation that we have because if we're supposed to have spinning reserves that should guide against any fluctuations in in demand so that they can balance up so um just for our viewers yes infrastructure is a major um 
Okay. A major problem. Okay. So, I mean, okay, you've also said you've talked about infrastructure. We can also, you know, talk about poor maintenance. We can talk about inadequate funding, inconsistent um, government policies, corruption, lack of research and development in Nigeria, and decentralization of our country's empower generation. I mean, this can be attributed to some of the reasons why we experience, you know, epileptic power supply in Nigeria. So, let's talk about funding. In the last five years, between 2018 and 2022, Nigeria has budgeted the sum of $1.6 to the Ministry of Power. According to the country's budget document, the capital allocation to the power sector in 2022 stood at $299 billion, representing 97% of the total expenditure for the sector. Despite this huge allocation and investment, the country still suffers long power outages. So, where does accountability come in? Can we still attribute this to, you know, a lack of accountability? And what's the implication of such inadequacies towards economic growth and development? I think we need to um, put things in context. Um, the, the power reform that uh, started in 2005 by the Basanjo regime that went all through to Jonathan and what we see now, um, was basically because it was common knowledge that government could not fund power. Uh, the sheer uh, amount of uh, investments that you needed to point to that sector is so humongous that government cannot do it. And that's why the whole uh, issue of privatizing uh, the power sector came up, came up. So when you say, talk about, and right now, I mean, the only thing that is in government uh, hands not right now is basically transmission. So maybe the allocations you're talking about are just for transmission. And uh, we can't talk about investments without talking about the price of the product. Uh, today we are talking about removal of subsidy in petroleum products, and we can see the effects. But before now, we've also been talking about electricity subsidy and the need to make the price of electricity uh, cost reflective. That price has, would have to be right to incentivize invest, investments into the sector. And that is the main reason why government decided to divest and hand over the distribution and uh, generation assets to private investments. But the jury is out. A lot of people, like in your poll, you were saying a lot of people are willing to pay more. Um, but even this price now, when we look at the numbers from the regulator, they are not even paying. So you see collection losses and uh, even consumers are trying to bypass the meter and try to game the system. So on one hand, they want more power, but they're not even paying for the little one that they're having now. And these things have a way of, of affecting investment, especially private investments. Mm. So yes, the, num the figure you called sounds huge on, uh, on paper, but in terms of the needs, the gap that needs to be filled, it is quite small. I'm not in any way suggesting that even that amount is being utilized well. There are inefficiencies in the system, like you said, corruption and all that. But even if the whole amount were to be utilized judiciously, it would still not make a major, a major impact. So um, we're still at the crossroad, and we hope that uh, let's be forward-looking and hope that with the new administration, we can begin to um, have a very high-level coordination of the sector and put certain things in, in perspective so that we can begin to move forward. Okay. Uh, so um, let me come to you, Mr. Chinidu. Um, you know, the, the poll shows that 57% of adult Nigerians do have, you know, 
an electricity meter and we still have 43% who do not have a meter up until now. Can you tell us as to why that might be? Yeah, <clears throat> so um, metering is um, falls under the purview of the distribution companies and um, since they've been privatized um, this distribution companies have struggled to increase their revenue from um, um, the part of the power value chain that they, that they participate in. And that revenue was supposed to fund the procurement and um, distribution of meters. In, in actual fact, um, the meters are supposed to be provided by the discos uh, and, um, and um, the consumers pay for it somehow. So what government had to do or, ha or have done is to provide different platforms or different structures for um, meters to be deployed to consumers. Um, we have the um, meter asset provider program where um, customers procure the meters themselves and the distribution companies come and um, install the meters in their premises. And then we have the national NAS, uh, uh, Nigerian um, National Mass Metering Program where the program is funded by the Central Bank of um, Nigeria where they provide a soft loan to, um, to the discos to contract out to meter asset providers who will now deploy the meters to consumers. The distribution companies over time pay back the loan um, to um, the CBN. So these are two um, important um, policies or structures that has helped a lot recently to massively deploy um, meters to uh, the consumers. But like uh, my colleague and brother Carlo mentioned, as we begin to get more transparency in the system, as we begin to uh, be more competitive, then the discos will be able to have enough resources within their um, revenue portfolio to deploy meters across to um, all their consumers. And I must point out that these meters should be also smart meters because we mentioned the issue of bypassing. Because if we have meters that consumers can easily by bypass those meters, then we've defeated the purpose of, uh, of having um, uh, a system of structure where um, the, uh, our power sector is completely transparent, competitive, responsive, uh, and, 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 and responsible in the way that it operates. Okay, so still on, you know, people who, um, for the 43% who stated they are unmetered, I mean, we, when we looked at the expenditure, the monthly expenditure, we had, you know, 57% who stated that they spend within the band of 1,000 Naira to 5,000 Naira monthly on, you know, electricity consumption. And this was high amongst, you know, people who pay for their electricity consumption through estimated um, billing. Are there no regulatory agencies or organizations that can ensure that, you know, customers are not billed indiscriminately or they're not billed for what they don't use? Yes, and really, I, I mentioned earlier in the morning that um, uh, there's a regulator and that's the Nigeria Electricity Re Regulatory um, Commission and they enforce estimated billing. So estimated billing is... Um, there's a structure uh, that the discos are supposed to use in in in, in billing um, 
for estimated customers, right? And um, is is not is um, not is not onerous. It's not ambiguous. So for each bill that a consumer gets, the disco should explain to a customer that is an estimated bill uh, that gets an estimated bill the justification for why this bill is like this. It's not it's not it's not a uh, and and unfortunately most discos have used this, uh, used it as a way to cover up the gaps within um, their revenue short shortfalls. It shouldn't be the case. So the 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 onus falls on the uh, on the regulators to continually engage with the discos and to enforce these policies. And the consumers also have a right to contest and go through the process of contesting every bill that it gets to ensure that it gets a bill that is fair, that is um, that is um, that is not um, dubious, and that fits the the context of the the uh, energy that they consume. Okay, but is that way they are able to, you know, gauge that? So it, it, it goes back to ensuring that we reduce um, um, estimated billing by deploying massively meters across all our consumers. Because if we continue to have a situation where um, con um, and consumers are using estimated billing, then it, it doesn't help them. I also mentioned earlier during the day that we need more. Um, um, civil society organizations mm -hmm. that will continually engage with the regulator, that will continually be the voice for the consumers. The regulator needs to step up. They've done a lot recently, but the sensitization and engagement needs to needs to go further to ensure that they do not take advantage of the cost consumers or customers. But also, the consumers need need to be empowered to understand what their rights are, and everybody across the value chain that is involved in this process must rise up to the cost to protect consumers to ensure that they're not taking um taking unduly advantage of okay so and um, we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll you know round up on uh, the conversation people be representative of all Nigerian adults. As long as sample is taken randomly and proportionate stratification is used to ensure that it is representative of all adults, the size of the universe doesn't matter. This is well illustrated in a quote made by a famous US market researcher which reads, if you don't believe in random sampling, next time you are in for a blood test, ask the doctor to take it all. Welcome back. This is Data Chat. We have been speaking about electricity distribution with focus on the challenges and interventions. I have been speaking with the Chief Executive Officer, Energy Support Group, in the person of Dr. Kalu Ukoha. It's nice to have you, sir. Thank you. And I have with 
also in the studio, Chinedu Onyebola. He is a power sector specialist. Nice to have you. My sir. pleasure. Okay, so let's we'll, you know open up the phone lines while we continue um, with the conversation. We'd like to hear from you. How many hours of cumulative power supply do you have in a day? Um, the amount you spend on electricity bill in a month is it commensurate with you know your consumption and what is the way out in addressing the long age electricity challenge or issues plaguing nigeria the numbers to call 0818 4270287 alternatively you can call 090 Six thousand seven zero four five zero nine zero six thousand seven zero four five. So um I'll come to you, Dr. Kalu. Um unstable electric power supply has significantly undermined um you know effort aimed at achieving sustainable economic growth, increased you know competitiveness of indigenous industries, global markets and employment. The solutions to the challenges seem long-term. Are there other power generation alternatives that you know we should or we should be exploring at this point, whether at national level, state level, or in smaller clusters? Yeah, I think the, the simple uh, answer is yes. Um, before now, um, the bulk of our generation is uh, um, thermal, uh, which is about. 70 to 80 percent, and we just have um, hydro, the two Kainji and uh, Shiroro, um, giving us the, the balance. Um, but like some of us have uh, tried to push over the years, we need to um, make our energy security uh, more robust by bringing in um, additional sources. And you could see a lot of uh, inroads being made from renewable sources, uh, mostly um, solar. Uh, solar, either solar um, uh, standalones or uh, mini grids, um, but the percentages are still very low. Um, but in terms of, do we need to expand it? Um, we have other sources. I mean, we can also begin to look at uh, geothermal, but I don't know the feasibility of that. We still have some coal. I personally would advocate that we try to exploit as much coal as we have because i mean um, yes we're talking about climate change and i'm a very big advocate of that but you could see that even countries like germany and some of the countries in the west are still going back to exploiting some of their coal deposits so i, I would say we need to expand our mix um, but if i can quickly just go back to the NOI poll. I think that uh, we need to commend NOI for the poll. Um, some of the um, the results are quite insightful, but like you know, polls are very subjective, and many people challenge the poll for rigor. And I, I could really think about one or two um, issues where there might be need for further validation for example the polling result on how many people are connected to the grid um, this is a poll we also have industry reports that the re regulator provides from time to time so even the world bank we know for example in nigeria access to electricity is about 50 percent or just a, a little bit above 50 percent 
And so, but you're polling and saying, well, 60 something percent or 90 something percent are connected to the grid. There'll be need for further validation of that. And secondly, metering. Um, if you look at the next uh, report for second quarter 2022, which was the last report that they have um, shared with the industry, uh, metering, metering penetration is just about 40 something percent, it's less than 50 percent. And so, um, whilst there are, there are gaps between the NI poll and the industry report, some of the other um, uh, results are quite insightful. For example, um, the questions about to pay. yeah, how much you're willing to pay and how many hours of electricity you're having every day. I think that that poll, if we can do that on a regular basis, maybe over time we can see a trend and begin okay. to see if it's just you're having five hours electricity this month and next three months is now one hour. So th that means there's no positive uh, uh, trajectory. But all in all, I think that the NI port is commendable. But I think that, yes, we need to expand our sources of energy. But I think that we need to try and fix the distribution side. There's no need increasing capacity of generation if you cannot recover all uh, the, the, cost, the cost of energies that um, that go to consumers and so I think we need to fix the, the interface between the distribution and the consumers. And just to add to, if I may, just to add to what um, Carlo had said, um, you know, I'm not playing lip service to the government. There's a lot that has been going on that is helped in diversifying the energy mix because you find out, like you mentioned, that access to power is less, uh, is, is about 45% um, uh, from the last um, um, statistics that we know and a huge part of this if you check the rural areas is even high in the rural areas about 70 percent in the rural areas do not have access so what has been uh, been happening especially with the role of government is how do we now provide power to these people not necessarily connecting them to the grid but providing a, um, access to power to them that works for them and this is using renewable energy call this use um, um, mini grids standalone power systems right and within this um, um, areas how do we also incentivize uh, or, or catalyze um, economic development so within this catchment areas in many great areas can we put uh, um, devices there that could in increase gen uh, um, revenue generation maybe cold storage um, productive use equipment that can catalyze economic development. So these are the kind of um, solutions that we should be pursuing. How do we how do we not just increase access to energy, but also catalyze economic development? Because when we catalyze economic development, people have more money, and with more money, they have the capacity, not just to say that I, I, I can and I will pay for more power, but they have the capacity and ability to pay for more power and use it more for productive use that has value to them. Okay. All right, Abuja, the phone lines are open. Let's hear from you. Um, do you use a prepaid meter or a postpaid meter? How is electricity in your community? The numbers to call 0818-4270287. Alternatively, you can call 090-6000-7045. 0906,0045. So, um, Dr. Carlo, still on alternative source of, you know, generating power. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's hold that thought. 
Okay, so um, do call us back. We would like to hear from you. 090 Hello? Hello, good evening. Your name and where you're calling from. Welcome to Data Chat. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Good, good evening. Yeah, good evening. So let's hear I from you. I think we discuss about electricity. Yes, that's what we are talking about. Um, my name is Enes. Okay, hi, I'm Enes. I'm calling from Benin. Okay. Uh-huh. We are talking about the prepare meter and we are seeking for the prepare meter because the gas situation that we pass through here, people are, are working house to house and collect money. How those money will now go to the government post or to the NEPA? It's a very big problem. So, we will not try and give us prepare meter so that the money that we are we, we paid will go to the government uh, pocket. Thank you. All right, thank you, Ernest. Hello, good evening. Your name and where you're calling from. Welcome to Data Chat. Kindly turn down the volume my, of your radio set. My name is Dominic. I'm calling from Kurubi in Abuja. Okay, hi, Dominic. Let's hear from you. Yes, thank you. Uh, I want to uh, give you my experience with this, uh, what's it called? This retail thing. You know, there's no transparency in it. On the other hand, the transparency, see, this whole thing, my own opinion, is pure fraud and wickedness. Why do I say so? The other time my bitter went bad, I went to it to complain that my bitter went bad. The next thing that happened is that I was put on estimated which was outrageous, far higher than what I was paying before the bitter went bad. I went, I wrote letters, I did follow up. Some of the letters were not even acknowledged with that probably I will take illegal action. When I became fed up, I applied for another meter. I bought meter. The bills were uploaded to it. Despite the bill uploaded to that I pay with the increment in in in, uh, in the price per kilowatt. Now I don't still pay up to because I live in a house that I am alone. Most time I'm at work. I don't iron with the with, with the with, with, I don't iron my clothes. I give it to dry cleaner. It's only the, the freezer that is on where there is light. So, in my own opinion, this estimated billing and all this thing is fraud. If people are paying actually what they are consuming and they know they need revenue to be able to meet up, to be able to they need genuine revenue. To be able to pay their workers and break it to be the one running around when the ta- when uh, uh, when transformer is bad, they will fix it themselves. They want to be pushing like this thing is that there is a fraud in the whole of this thing. And I feel government is not transparent, they know the right thing, they are not doing it. And God will help us because we are in this country, in a country where things go wrong, they tell you sorry. Sorry has no compensation until the regulator sit down and do the right thing and stop this fraud and sweeping of innocent Nigeria. We can never have it right. All right, thank you very much, Dominic. You're welcome. All right, so um, I believe we've heard from our caller. So would you like to respond to the last caller, Dominic? He said he, yeah. you know, um, had applied for a meter and he was put on a estimated billing. Yeah. So um. 
you know, um, my colleague would have heard by now that um, um, His Excellency the President just signed into law the new um, um, Ele Electricity Act. So with that act, what that act does is updates what he had referenced e earlier, the act that um, former President Obasanjo had um, signed into law that led to the unbundling of the um, the old PHCM to what we have now. Um, to answer his question, yes, um, I understand his frustrations with um, trying to procure a, a meter. Um, to be quite honest, I don't think um, any disco wants, wants, their, wants their customers to remain on estimated billing, but it, it, it also has become a second option for them to use to bridge the gap. With, um, with metering, they can have a um, better way to monitor the consumption of their um, customers. Um, one of the issues that mo most of these discos have been having is as much as we st uh, there's still claims of, um, of having enough meters, um, most of this, some of these discos still don't have um, meters through the um, meter asset providers that are attached to them. They don't have the, the, the capital, they don't have the manpower, they don't have the resources to mobilize and get these meters out to people, uh, to their customers. But with this act now, um, it places a bit more uh, restrictions and penalties on, on, on them for consuming customers on estimated billing. So this act, which has now passed into law, should be able to hold them a bit more accountable. But like I said earlier, there's, there are various ways that even while you're on, on estimated billing, that you can ensure that you're not being unduly taken advantage of. But meters should get to customers within a certain period of time. It's, it's, there's no record, record signs about meters. And um, the, the, you know, the, if, if a citizen is willing to pay for it, why not provide a meter mm -hmm. for them? Okay, all right. Abuja, do call in zero nine zero six thousand seven zero four five, zero nine zero six thousand seven zero four five. So, um, back to you, Doctor Kalu. Um, you're the chief executive officer, Energy Supports Group. Can you, you know, tell us briefly about um, Energy Support Group and how? Organizations like yours, how do you come into play, especially with regards in helping address or fix some of our challenges within the power sector? Thank you. So, Energy Support Group is uh, Afrocentric. So, it's uh, a group of very experienced uh, um, individuals in the energy sector across the entire value chain um, who are, have come together to try to irritate uh, policymakers uh, and um, from the traditional electricity generation to green growth. I mean, uh, very often now you're hearing more about green growth and green infrastructure. So um, with the inroads that uh, countries are coming together to try and uh, um, improve our, our climate. So some of our concentrations now would also underpin the need to have uh, green and renewable sources of energy. So, um, Energy Support Group is, is focused to try and, uh, first of all, reduce the energy poverty in Sub-Saharan Africa and, and try to scale up some of the workable models that 
we've seen work in some countries, even in Africa, including in Kenya. So, and Nigeria is a big player. If you if you consider that, the for for every uh, person, in, ten people in Africa who don't have access to power, Nigeria will probably contribute maybe up four or five of them. So, um, Nigeria is a big big uh, market for us. Okay, okay. All right. So um. Until we get it right with power generation and distribution in Nigeria, and with the recent you know, removal of the fuel subsidy, as well as the adverse effect it has you know, on the average you know, Nigerians who power their homes themselves with generating sets, how do you advise that the average Nigerian manages this situation and what's the way forward for Nigeria as a whole in terms of addressing power supply? I think for me, I, I, I take access to energy as, I, I say, human right. I mean, it's, 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 it's so fundamental. And so I, I think that government has a very huge role to play, either through policy or even regulation, because, I mean, government is still responsible for, for the regulation. And between two of them, to be able to set uh, a path and walk it through. Uh, like you've heard many people say, I think if you ask people in the industry, most people know where the problems are, but we keep just, you know, making very incremental but not uh, transformational uh, improvements. And so um, the government would lead, uh, regulatory uh, agency has a big role to play, uh, but on the individual side, um, we, need to, we need to make a choice whether we want between access and affordability. It would be good if we have both, but sometimes they go, just like you're talking about petroleum products now. If you want access, uh, the price would have to go up. But if, you, if you're pushing on the price, then you would ha probably have a problem with uh, the, so the same thing with power. Over the years, we've been seeing gradual removal of subsidy in electricity, but we are not yet there. But you would understand the economic conditions in the country. Um, if minimum wage is 30,000 there, Somebody has to spend about thirty thousand for transportation, another thirty thousand for energy for energy bill. Then affordability is a big issue, and so I think that's the role that government has to play to, you know, try to balance, balance, balance it, and see where they can come in and support individuals because businesses would need to uh, um, would need to thrive, and energy costs is, is if not about a third of all uh, um, costs for businesses is energy costs, so there's a lot that government can do. So let me to add, add, add to what um, Carla is saying too. I, I think for me um, is advocacy, right? We need to increase and strengthen advocacy. For example, um, the technology has evolved now where we have more energy efficient um, appliances, but our, our customers using these appliances or instruments. So advocacy, education, sensitization, engagement needs to increase. The CSOs need to be strengthened and enhanced. Um, um, whatever processes, whatever you mentioned government, needs to get involved through investment in certain key areas to engage um, and strengthen um, advocacy for and to, to enlighten uh, um, the public on technologies to use renewable energy. In my house now, we have an inverter, and I'm sure he, uh, he likely does uh, have an inverter. So, inverter adaptation to solar energy using renewable energy, energy practices, uh, turning off your lights um, when and where necessary, good, 
good energy practices i've always maintained too that the power the problem in our power sector is human so you can pour down the billions of dollars and naira into it but until we solve the human problem what is the human problem the inefficiency right um across the the value chain is the regulator empowered to do what they need to do is government doing what they you mentioned the budget now billions of dollars but a good number a good portion of that budget are constituency projects that will just be street lights here and there they haven't added value to the sector so we need to have an honest discussion when we're drawing over our budget what should our budget address should it address the appetite of certain individuals or should it have a strategic alignment or interest where we have a goal we have a direction where we're going to go and 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 actively move towards that direction but until we start having that discussion we'll keep pouring money into the problem and we're not solving it so that's my take all right thank you so very much um i have been speaking with the chief executive officer energy support group dr kalu ukoha it's nice to have you join us on today's data chat edition i also have mr chinedu onyebula he is a power sector specialist thank you for joining us on this session thank you abuja that's the much we can take join us same time same station next week friday i am basi patricia atim communications officer for ni pose limited have a wonderful weekend